Johnny, put that big ass size 7 on and kick it for the homies. Words, beautiful words, really cool words. words Get smarter, words, go farther. Words. Say something scientific. Salicylic acid. Get smarter with words. I am a good speller, I am. Get smarter with word from your mother. Positive words that start with you. The words that can come out of our mouth can change our life. Describe yourself in three words. Using big words can make you look stupid. Here's Johnny. The dictionary stops here. Welcome to Get Smarter with Words podcast. The second, or duh, if you are in France or in southern Missouri, uh, was on Monday, today, Wednesday, November 18, 2020. My name is Johnny Wright, your host. Thank you so much for tuning in. Great comments from the initial program, many of them positive. I am here. Purpose of this is to help business professionals, to blue-collar workers, just sound a, a little less goofy every day. If I can help you with that, then I have done my job. Today we're talking about political ads and the wording used in them and what we can learn from it. We can actually learn something. And I'll play some snippets from some of those political ads coming up. I want to help you imbue your vocabulary with high-quality words, starting with imbue. What does it mean? Inspire or permeate with a feeling or quality. To saturate, soak, fill, stuff, bloat. It just gets worse as you go with it. Uh, Speaking of a man who is stuffed full of unbelievable amazement and beauty, let's listen to this. Parker Schlank here with Tim Poor. Love the podcast. Uh, I had no idea that English had the most words um, at 171,000, but... Um, that is a really fun fact that I think I'm going to remember forever now. Just wanted to congratulate you. Really appreciate the shout-outs for Tempor. Stay well, my friend. This program is brought to you by Tempor. Tempor, business travel in one click. Visit Tempor.com. It's just that slick, T-E-M-P-O-R-E.com. Can you legally share a recorded voicemail message that is left on the phone? I'm leaving this message with you to tell you, you have insulted me for the last time. You have insulted me. You don't have the brains or the decency as a human being. I don't give a damn that you're 12 years old or 11 years old or that you're a child or that your mother is a thoughtless pain in the ass who doesn't care about what you do as far as I'm concerned. You have humiliated me for the last time with this phone. Yes, you can. One thing we know about political campaign marketing is that the people involved from the candidate to the people doing the marketing are complete nutjobs. Here's some stats for you from the campaign that was. Five million TV ads ran for president, Senate, and Congress. When you break that on down, that's 150 million seconds assuming it's a 30-second ad, and many of them were longer than that. When you do some division, you get 25 million minutes out of that, or 416,666 hours, probably not a coincidence with those last three digits. That equates to 17,000 days, or 47 years. 
which is nearly how long I have been on the earth. By the way, I will celebrate an additional year coming up on Friday when it is my birthday, and we will have our third under trois. Um, get better with words, get smarter with words podcast. See, I can't remember the name of the podcast that would indicate that I'm, I am getting older by the moment. $14 billion was spent on all of the political campaign ads for television alone. Advertising for political campaigns began really in 1789 when John Adams ran against President George Washington. Hear ye, hear ye, Washington sucks. He sucks. That kind of attack ad has been the modus operandi ever since. Modus operandi. Definition of particular way or method of doing something, especially one characteristic uh, uh, that is characteristic or well-established. In Latin, that means mode of operating. Now, Joni Ernst and Teresa Greenfield are two cracker asses who are about as Latin as Frosty the Snowman. (laughs) (laughs) Ernst and Greenfield had the second most expensive Senate race in the country. $195 million was spent. North Carolina was number one, $242 million. In Hawaii, $0 spent. Those people are just way too nice to be attacking each other. This is interesting to me because in Iowa, we don't really spend money because we don't have currency. Instead, we trade for things. We'll trade six cows for a 2010 F-150 at the dealership. We'll trade a dozen ears of corn for a 90-minute massage and a facial at the local spa. We'll trade 100 bales of hay for one bale of pot. And it takes, as you can imagine, a lot of pot to get through this political TV campaign season. The ads were full of propaganda, propaganda, information, especially of a biased or misleading nature, used in political campaigns or for causes or a point of view. Those ads ran ad nauseum, ad nauseum, referring to something that has been done or repeated so often that you want to throw up. 80% of political ads are negative. At least in this campaign race, this, uh, this period of time that ads ran, and those ads use intentionally strident words. Strident? Sounding harsh, unpleasant, expressing opinions or criticism in a very forceful and often annoying or unpleasant way. Kind of like your parents would have talked to you after you borrowed their car at 2 a.m. and brought it back and it was missing one of the back tires. Do negative ads suppress voter turnout? Well, 161 million people voted in the presidential election. Out of 240 million eligible voters, that's a 67% turnout rate. 1876 had an 82% turnout rate when Rutherford Hayes defeated Ronald Reagan. TV combines audio and video, the power of television. Auditory communication... 80% of that is tone. So talking to you right now, my tone. I love Rutherford Hayes. Or, I love Rutherford Hayes. So the tone impacted the intent I was communicating to you. In, In the first, I'm very happy. In the second, I'm less than happy for voting for Hayes. I may want my vote back. Tone matters when you can't see the image. 
Television combines that beautiful visual with the audio and really creates this powerful marketing message. That's why if you are a business owner, without question, TV has the greatest impact but also, and also the greatest reach, typically the greatest number of viewers. Uh, but it is the repetition of marketing. It is the frequency of marketing that can have the greatest impact regardless of the medium. So again, just something to consider if you are a business owner or someone who buys marketing. And I used to, uh, I was involved in that world for a number of years. As a matter of fact, I was involved in a political campaign that I was that I was in. I was running for junior high president, class president. True story. And I was running against my best friend throughout high school. His name was and is Andy. And I went negative. I uh, put up posters, and one of which said, "Would you vote for a panda? Vote right, November, whatever it was." And panda, now that doesn't seem too derogatory. Pandas are very cute little animals. Except panda was my nickname for Andy, and it was, uh, it, was, it was negative. It had a negative connotation. I can't remember why now in the world. But needless to say, um, I came in fourth out of a two-man race. I did not, not do well. So I have some experience in uh, campaign advertising. Let's listen to some better campaign advertising. We have some snippets to play from one of the most expensive campaigns in the country with Joni Ernst. When I say her name, I want to say Ernst and Julio Gallo for some reason. There's, an, there's another old ad. Versus Teresa Greenfield, the Democratic challenger, Joni Ernst, the sitting senator of Iowa, along with Chuck Grassley, Ernst won that race. We're going to play some clips from some of the ads and break down some of this. And I think you'll find this really fascinating as we drill down. Critical listening, um, taking an analytical approach to, to some of these ads and particularly the wording. Here's number one. Her campaign forged signatures and committed felonious election misconduct. Let's listen to that again. Her campaign forged signatures and committed felonious election misconduct. Okay, none of that sounds good. Uh, forging signatures, that doesn't sound very nice. Now, I, now you don't know, and I don't know, who, who this campaign piece is for or against. Many of these will be benign or neutral in terms of you won't actually hear the, the a candidate's name mentioned, and that's what makes this even more interesting. So forging signatures is a terrible thing. It's the last part of this ad that's particularly interesting. Her campaign forged signatures and committed felonious election misconduct. Felonious election misconduct. So misconduct is a bad thing. Election misconduct, maybe even a worse thing. And felonious election misconduct would imply, by the word felonious, that this is a felony that this is breaking a federal law, which then begs the question, if this candidate is breaking a federal law, why aren't they campaigning from prison? If, If we can put one candidate in prison, why can't we put them all there? Let's listen to another clip. They take care of their special interest friends. Hear it again. They take care of their special interest friends. That is the voice of Teresa Greenfield. 
in one of her attack ads. Listen to the language. They take care of their special interest friends. So we'll break it on down. They take care of, okay, that that sounds like a decent person, a caring person. They take care of their friends. Now, unless you're talking about the mafia, in, in general, they take care of their friends would seem to be nice. They take care of their special friends. Also sounds pretty nice. These sound like really good people. But when we say they take care of their special interest friends, suddenly the connotation, the meaning of what we're saying changes. Special interest friends, though, is interesting because, let let me ask you, do you have have any interest? Do you have an interest in something? Sure, sure you do. Let's say you have an interest in poetry. Great. Would you call that interest special? Well, in order to have an interest in something, you, it, it would probably have to be special. If you thought that uh, collecting hammers was not a special thing, you probably would not have an interest in it. It is your interest in it that makes it special. So I'm taking the literal definition or idea of these words. That is clearly not what the campaign wants me, the Teresa Greenfield campaign wants me to do. They take care of their special interest friends. And so the music is sinister. The tone is negative. Um, This implies that the candidate or the uh, sitting senator, Joni Ernst, spends money and her people and her PACs to buy special interest. And that means uh, money makes a difference in Washington. Say what? I don't know about you, but I've never heard such a thing. I find that accusation outlandish. Let's listen to another snippet. She voted to give big oil tax breaks totaling $25 billion. Tear it again. She voted to give big oil tax breaks totaling $25 billion. So she voted. This is someone who voted. I'm guessing that that would be Joni Ernst. So this may be a Teresa Greenfield ad. She voted to give. She voted to give big oil tax breaks totaling $25 billion. So big oil received tax breaks totaling $25 billion. Now, when you look at the amount of money spent on political campaigns, eh, eh, it's a drop in the bucket. But typically, $25 billion otherwise, it's a pretty good piece of change. It's the term big oil that is particularly interesting. She voted to give big oil tax breaks totaling $25 billion. Now, oil or big oil, when you give something size, when you say something is bigger, typically that's a good thing. In this case, bigger is not better, or that's the implication. Big oil or big pharma or uh, big government, those terms are typically used to impugn or discredit whatever candidate is being attacked in the ad. So the implication of that is that oil companies are so large and have so much influence that they are creating a sense of unfairness within the political system, that money corrupts. And again, I've never heard such a thing. How outrageous. Say what? But you get, you're picking up what they're putting down here and what the implication is. I want to tell you one thing very clearly, that big business of any kind is not inherently bad. Um, every big company, every big 
idea. Every big corporation started with a small idea. I use the analogy or the story of J.C. Penney. Now, ten years ago, that analogy would have had more impact when there were five hundred thousand J.C. Pennies, and then today there's only like two. Oops, uh, sorry, one. So J.C. Penney was a dude, and. He used to sell pots and pans door to door. That is how J.C. Penney's started, the most humble of beginnings. Many, many companies start with small ideas and that become popular, therefore they become large. Uh, big can be really good. The Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation is one of the largest philanthropic organizations in the world. The reason they're able to give away so much money is because of the success of Microsoft, Big Computer. It is the success of that company, which started in a garage in the 70s, that led to so many good things. And including your Windows 3.1 never starting up properly. So success is part of the American dream, isn't it? Isn't that what entrepreneurship is? The idea of taking a cool idea we have, marketing that idea, being successful at the idea, and then people really liking it. This podcast is a great example. I want big podcast. I want tens and thousands of downloads and will that make me corrupt? I guess only time will tell. Well, uh, listen, I want, to, I want to know the opportunity to be corrupt at that size, to be big podcast. Let's listen to one more uh, little snippet here. She even refused to say that crossing the border illegally should be a crime. Let's hear that one again. She even refused to say that crossing the border illegally should be a crime. She refused to say, she even refused to say that crossing the border illegally should be a crime. All right. The question then with critical analysis is who did she refuse to say that to? Was it some whack job who was at the foot of her bed at two o'clock in the morning? That would be reasonable that maybe she refused to say that. But whatever the context is, political ads have this wonderfully clever way of taking a snippet of truth and completely twisting it into something sinister. She even refused to say that crossing the border illegally should be a crime. And, and to me, that sounds felonious or uh, that sounds like a felony. She should also be in prison. How, listen, at this rate, everybody who's running for any office will be locked up and maybe the world can ultimately be a better place. Clearly going negative must work because it is done so frequently and with so much vigor. Vigor means with great effort, energy, and enthusiasm. Marketing companies that are hired by candidates have a lot of vigor. That comes from, well, the term piss and vinegar, as my mother used to say. That vigor comes from the amount of money that candidates spend to get out their negative messaging. They believe it in it because it, it seems that going negative works. Watching the approach of, of political TV ads is kind of like being on a date with someone who spends the entire time bitching about their ex. That is one long car ride. In many ways, I think it demonstrates the frailty of the candidate, the, the, their fallibility, their weakness. Really, it, often it kind of demonstrates their humanity. We're all frail. 
We are all fallible. We're all weak. But we all don't have $14 billion to spend to demonstrate it. We just are people trying to figure stuff out. And if you can cut through the negative messaging, then somewhere in there is the person who probably has some really great ideas about leadership, about uh, running the country or the state or the city, the municipality, or the podcast. One thing we learn from political advertising is that we learn through repetition. The words we repeat to ourselves and to others matter because those words really impact how the world sees us and how we see ourselves. We get to vote. That's the great thing. We can vote for being a hero or an asshole. The choice is yours. Words and definitions that I shared in this podcast include imbue, inspire or permeate, etc., modus operandi, method of doing something, propaganda, information of a bent political view, ad nauseum, talking about something until you vomit, strident, sounding harsh, vigor, done with great effort, energy, and enthusiasm. I want to vigorously thank you for listening to the Get Smarter with Words podcast. It is brought to you by Tempor. Tempor. Parker, thank you so much. Tempor. Visit Tempor.com. Tempor business travel in one click. Friday show. Please join me on my birthday on Friday. And we'll talk about some signs that a smart person may not be all that smart. I leave you with Johann Wolfgang von Goethe, this saying, nothing is more beautiful than this day. But Johnny Ernst wants to destroy it. <laughs> but yeah, she, she, she really does. See you Friday.